Welcome to Listen to Lawrence, presented by Lawrence Eric Davidow, Senior and Managing Partner of Davidow, Davidow, Siegel & Stern, one of the first and most successful elder law, special needs, and estate planning firms on Long Island. This podcast series is based on his Listen to Lawrence seminars and will teach you how to plan in advance to protect your own assets and those that you leave to your children and grandchildren. Mr. David Dow is a past president of the National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys, a published author, and an accomplished and educational speaker. So sit back and listen to Lawrence. Hello, everybody. My name is Lawrence David Dow, and this is another episode of our Listen to Lawrence podcast dedicated to answering your questions. So, and today I have a special guest, and she's been here with me uh, many times before. She is my partner, Michelle Jablonski, who runs our Medicaid department, and I always think of her as the Medicaid guru. Um, So, we got a question today, Michelle, and the question is, can I get Medicaid to help me take care of my mom Um, because she is uh, getting older and frailer and she has cognitive problems and and she's got uh, problems with bathing and dressing and and things like that. She needs help. Um, Is there a Medicaid out there? Is there some way that the government, the Medicaid, could could, could help us or help my mom? Uh, Tell me a little bit about that, Michelle. Absolutely. So there is a program called Community Medicaid, which sometimes people refer to as Home Care Medicaid. So this is a separate branch of Medicaid than what we usually talk about, which is nursing home Medicaid. Absolutely. So community means basically not in in an institution, in the community. Correct. Okay, good. So Community Medicaid will provide exactly for what you're asking for, aids in the house. They'll help with some housekeeping, some light housekeeping. They can also enroll in a daycare program. That's nice. So mom can go uh, leave the house every day and, and go to some uh, program. Medicaid will pay for it. They'll watch her. They'll, they'll feed her. They'll... they'll have a bus come pick her up at the house. Oh, that's great. They'll take her to a daycare program where mm-hmm. she, there's organized activities. There's breakfast, lunch, depending on the type of daycare model, whether it's social or medical. They might even be able to prescribe or give medications. Um, and then they'll bring her home at the end of the day. Can they keep her longer? no no not an option all right so there is also an alp program and that's most assisted livings as we know them are private pay but there are very few limited uh, assisted livings that medicaid will potentially pay a portion for and that's under the community medicaid application process all right, so we're going to have to talk about how uh, we can get mom eligible for Medicaid. And, and it, it, look, it would make my life a lot easier if I could get an aide to come in 24-7 and help take care of mom in her house. Can I get that every time? All right, well, that's a hard, <laughs> that's a hard ask, but we're going to get to that. There's four okay. basic tests to be eligible for community Medicaid. The first three tests are financial tests The last test is the medical test, but you have to go through the financial tests to get to the medical piece. All right. So no surprise. We know that to get on any type of Medicaid, you have to be poor. You've got it. How poor do you have to be, Michelle? 
Currently, right now, it's $30,180, which is nice. You're talking about assets? I'm talking all about assets. assets. I'm talking about all assets. If mom has bank accounts, cash value in a life insurance policy, the total value of those assets on the first day you want to apply has to be less than that $30,180 number. Okay. We know there's a couple of exceptions to that. There uh, are. I'll ju- we'll just mention a couple for completeness here. But uh, your house is an exempt asset if you're living in it. It right. is. Sometimes we don't want to keep the house in the applicant's name for other reasons, but you are correct. It is an exempt asset. Well, we worry about mom may have to go to a nursing home someday and uh, we could lose the house. So we, we may not want to keep the house in mom's name. And also upon mom's death, uh, Medicaid might have a, a way to get reimbursed from the house. Right. They might have an estate recovery claim. So exactly. We're usually doing something with the house, yeah. even though it's exempt. Right, but we know the house is exempt. And then also uh, retirement plans, IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, they are, as an asset, exempt. They are exempt as long as the applicant has that exempt asset in payment status over their Medicaid life expectancy in certain counties. Oh, wait, wait, wait. (laughs) Wow, wow, you're blowing me away here, Michelle. Wait. Okay. So it's, uh, when you say pay status, does that just mean that the IRA is exempt as an asset as long as we're taking out the required minimum distributions? In some counties, that is how they define periodic payment status. What about Nassau and Suffolk, where most of our clients are? Nassau and Suffolk, they want you to, quote, unquote, maximize the periodic payment over the applicant's Medicaid life expectancy. So there's a different table. So we have to abandon the the IRS tables that we're all used to, and we have to take out minimum distributions based on Medicaid's table, which probably is not as not Much as higher than Much the higher. IRS. Okay. You've got it. The IRS maybe has mom taking out $200 a month. The Medicaid tables maybe have mom requiring $350 a month. And that plays into the second Medicaid test. All right, right, so just to bring us back to where we were, yep. uh, other than certain assets that may be exempt, uh, retirement plans in pay status, and a house, uh, mom is only allowed $30,000. Correct. Okay, and uh, we can just transfer everything out of her name and be eligible the next day f- based on assets, correct? Or not yes. correct? Yes, ba- uh, yes, you can. There's the look-back period, which is just another fancy term for an audit, where Medicaid wants to audit the applicant's financial records for the three years, or not the three years, the three months prior to applying, but you can transfer, or I have a, mom has $100,000 in her bank account, she can transfer $80,000 of that out, that's the only asset she has, so on April 1st, she has less than $20,000, she's financially eligible, she she crosses that or checks that asset test requirement. So the three-month look-back is really just provide information for right. three months. but It's the, not a waiting period. It's not a waiting period. So no. all we have to do is get the person's assets down to 30000 or less, and based on assets, we're eligible for Medicaid. So that's so check that's number one. Very good. That's well, test number one. What's test number two, Michelle? Test number two is the income test. Okay. Anytime you're going on any Medicaid program, there may be a requirement to contribute a portion of your income towards the cost of your care. We know that's true with nursing home Medicaid, right? That's also true with community Medicaid. So I have uh, our client here, let's say, has a certain amount of income. Okay. Uh, Let's just say it's uh, $2,700 a month. 
Okay. All right. And does she have to spend all 27 on her home care before Medicaid will pay? No. The first $1,697 is exempt. $1,697 or about $1,700. The first $1,700, she can keep that. She keeps that. Okay. So her Social Security is still going to be deposited in her bank account the same way it always has. $1,700 of that she gets to keep. The other 1000 over that, she can either pay it over to Medicaid and lose it. No, she we can don't want sh- that. No, she can show Medicaid that she has, for the next six months, $6,000 of medical expenses. We don't want that. The third option is a pooled income trust. She can contribute that spend down or overage to a pooled income trust on a monthly basis. So she's allowed the first 1700 That extra 1000 she just writes a check to this pooled trust, and Medicaid then will pay dollar one. You've got it. All right. And we've done another podcast on these pooled trusts, so I would I want our listeners to go check out our podcasts. Um, I, you can find them on our website or however you find your, uh, your podcasts out there. But we have a whole podcast that we've done already on what this pooled trust is, so we're not going to do that today. But all we have to do is write a, that, a check for that $1,000 to the pooled trust, and now we are, are, would you say that we're financially eligible for Medicaid? Well, is that the end of it? Well, third test is the look back, which we address. So yes, test one, asset test, two, income test, three, look back, financial audit. You supply the relevant information. Yes, you are now checking the box. You are financially eligible for Medicaid. You will get a notice from Medicaid indicating that. And now all we have to do is... Uh, Tell them how many hours that we want, and is that the end of it, Michelle? Oh, I wish. Yes, I wish it was be, that easy. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> okay, um, so this is the hardest part, I think, of the whole community Medicaid process is the medical assessment piece by far, because I nor anyone else can predict how many hours a Medicaid applicant is ultimately going to receive. So there's we, a process. We can pretty much get um, any of our clients eligible for Medicaid, for community Medicaid. Financially. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get hours of help at home. And and how many hours they get, if any, is dependent on what, Michelle? Uh, so there's a new, new process. A new process. New, new changes, laws. New changes. If we roll back all the way to the budget in 20 of 20. 21, there were a lot of proposed changes to Medicaid that weren't implemented because of COVID. So something now good came out of COVID. Now they're fruition, though. <laughs> now right. they're rolling those we out. We bought some time, and now they're starting to come out. Correct. So this biggest, or or the the one that's coming into play now, has to do with a first series of tests or assessments that are done to determine and ensure that the Medicaid applicant is stable enough and can be maintained in the community safely. Oh, so can we just um, do a form and, and fill it out our way? Or, so, or our doctor fills out that form? So, so a form gets completed and submitted with the initial Medicaid application, but after you're financially approved, then you're going to schedule a community health assessment with this company called the New York State Independent Assessors. Independent Assessors. NIA for short, N-Y-I-A. Okay. Okay. That is usually done by or... So it's an outside third party that's going to come in and assess mom. Mm -hmm. uh, It's usually telehealth appointments. Oh, okay. So now it's all going to be done on their computer screens. And this is a registered nurse that does that. So she goes in or he goes in and initially does that screening. 
Then there's the next assessment to make sure that the applicant can remain safe in the community. And that one is the clinical appointment. And that is usually done by a doctor, a nurse practitioner, a a physician's assistant. So somebody's going to come to the house and... Again, a lot of this is being done right now by telehealth still. All right. So there's two, there's an independent assessor and then there's an assessor? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's the first screening, then there's the second screening. And in that second clinical appointment, that individual will issue what's known as a practitioner's order. Oh, I'm confused. So the the first independent assessment really has to do with whether it's safe to make all this happen. Well, really, it's whether the person is appropriate for the community Medicaid. And then the second assessment is a practitioner's order. And that is the entity or the individual that's going to certify that the person can be maintained safely in the community. So it's, so it's two it's, steps. I, it's crazy. It sounds like the same step, it though, twice. It sounds very similar, but it's twice. Yes. It, they're ma- right? In all these programs, they're never going to make it, what, and easier. these assessments, are they are, are they doling out, the saying that they could be safe, but but we, they only need eight hours or six hours? No. Of, no? No. There's a third test. Okay. But there's a third assessment. All right. And that depends on how you're going to get your Um, how you apply for Medicaid initially, which is a little beyond the scope of this podcast, but an entity, either a managed long-term care agency or the local department of social services will do a third assessment to determine the number of hours of assistance the Medicaid applicant is entitled to receive. All right. So now that we know that she, it's, she could be safely uh, taken care of in her home, Medicaid will send some dollars to a managed care company and the managed care company is going to dole out how many hours they want to pay for. Correct. And in a uh, nutshell, And how long does this all take? With three assessments now. It can take now. a while. It can take a while. It's an extremely is frustrating process. Is it a, a one-month process? Is it a three-month um, process? I, we're finding right now with some of our clients, if we're applying what's known as immediate needs during the application, which is a whole, again, right, too complicated right? for me today. Um, it's, ta- it's happening very quickly. But for other clients, it could take several months. Especially so if you're using an MLT. I've been telling clients it's one to three months, depending on how we do it. I think that's right. That's about right. So, I think that's right. Um, but within one to three months later, if there's a genuine need and, and, and mom can safely be handled in the house, they will eventually then um, give every one of our clients uh, uh, help here. Um, well, most of the clients. Do they have to? How sick so do they have to the be? Usually the more physically disabled you are, the more likely you are to get a higher number of hours. Um, so most clients at the very least a uh, qualify for basic house- housekeeping and light housekeeping, but there are even changes coming to that. New standards are being implemented and we d- or have been implemented, and we don't know when they're going to be rolled out, saying that you need to have at least need minimum assistance w- or assistance with a minimum of three activities of daily living in right. order to be eligible. Let me ask this question then. I- I'm worried about my mother. Yeah. Uh, mom uh, makes me nervous. She's... Yeah. Uh, uh, she's getting old. She's getting frail. I'm worried she could fall and hurt herself. I'd love somebody to just come in and to, and watch her all day. Is, is that what Medicaid? Uh, is that something Medicaid's going to pay for? Or do I need more? You need more. They're so, really looking for assistance with the activities of daily so, living. So safety monitoring by itself is really not enough anymore. No, no. So I'm mom has to be able to not perform certain activities of daily living. Correct. To be a little more uh, fancy with my Correct. words here. 
So she's. Uh, what are some of these activities of daily living they're looking for? Bathing. So mom can't. She needs help with bathing. Showering. Mm-hmm. Dressing. Dressing. Toileting. Getting to the bathroom. Um. Um. Transferring in and out of a chair, in and out of bed, okay. on and off the toilet. Uh, um, and eating. If, all right. What if mom can do all those things, but mom uh, thinks that Truman is still the president? So she is. Uh, the so fact that's that definitely she, a consideration, but it's not the sole factor. So the fact for that sure. my mom is demented and and uh, is not enough by itself. No, it's. I'm not. worried. I'm worried that especially she's very functional. She can function with everything else, now. but I'm afraid she's going to leave the stove on and burn the house down. Uh, it's a problem. That we would have trouble getting Medicaid for that person at home? A significant amount of hours. If you're looking for 24-7 in that case, the likelihood of you getting you it is probably I, unlikely. Is there a good chance if, if that she'll at least get two hours? She should be somebody, getting something. Somebody Here's, come in, make sure that, that she took her pills today and things like that? Yeah. Yes, and she's got to be able to take the pills. The aide can't give her the pills. But this is an instance where that client is perfect for a daycare program. Okay, so... We need to really figure out there are different uh, ways Needs. to get community Medicaid at home uh, and other different programs. And we just, every case is going to be different. We're going to have to have to figure that out. Any other new rules we need to know about, or is that about it? That's enough. That's enough. For That's now. enough. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you, Michelle, for bringing us up to date on this. Uh, um, this community Medicaid, people don't know about it. They don't know that they can get significant help, and they're making it a little harder. So. Um, we're here to help you with that. Look, we, we take your questions. We try to answer them. Uh, if you have any questions out there, I'd like you to send them to info at davidowlaw.com, and I will answer those questions in either a future podcast or one of my Listen to Lawrence letters. The Listen to Lawrence letter is a twice-week email that I send out. People send me questions. I answer them, and they're usually cute and short, and they're fun, and I want you to walk away learning one new thing. So go on our website at davidoutlaw.com and subscribe to the Listen to Lawrence letter and, and listen to all our podcasts. You're going to learn a lot. Thanks for listening today. We wish you peace, health, and happiness. And until next time, stay safe, my friends. Bye-bye. The Listen to Lawrence podcast is not meant to be advice particular to any one person or to serve as a do-it-yourself planning guide. It's simply to educate the audience. For more information, please visit davidowlaw.com.